and welcome to Inside Scoop Live. I'm Sherry Hoyt, and I'm your host for today. I'm excited to be speaking on the phone today with Holly Mulder, author of A Time to Be Brave, a heartfelt historical fiction novel for middle grade students. The story takes place in 1910 against the backdrop of the Wright Brothers School for Pilots, with two young friends trying to solve a murder while finding their way amidst the social issues of that time period, mainly racism and the suffragette movement. But before we start, let's learn a little bit more about Holly. Holly Mulder is a former elementary school teacher who left the classroom in order to write historical fiction for middle grade students. Her fascination with history has helped her create four award-winning novels, Eyes of the Calusa, A Court of Three Strands, Crystal City Lights, and A Time to be Brave. Mulder has two adult daughters and one granddaughter, Macy. She and her husband, Don, live in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information on Holly Mulder and her books, visit her website at www.whitepelicanpress.com. That's www.whitepelicanpress.com. Hi, Holly. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, certainly my pleasure having you here today. Before we begin, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a retired fifth grade teacher, and I quit teaching in order to write middle grade novels, historical fiction for middle graders. And the reason I did that was because I was so I was so tired of seeing my best readers, I mean my really, really good fifth grade readers, reading books like Captain Underpants and Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which I kind of liked. But they were going for these really simple, you know, goosebump kind of stories. And when I asked them, why don't you try something a little more challenging or, you know, a little different where you might learn something? Oh, Miss Mulder, sometimes they're so boring. So I decided I would try to write some books that would be exciting and interesting, and they might even learn something along the way. Yeah, that's so. great. I'd like to add uh, for our listeners that Holly is a multi-award winning author, and every book she has written has won awards. In the Reader Views Literary Awards program alone, A Time to Be Brave took home trophies for three different awards. The first one being uh, first place in the teen and young adult category of the Reader Views Reviewers Choice Awards. Um, the second one is the Reader Views Kids Award for the best teen and young adult book of the year. And also uh, the I Have Something to Say Press Award for the best book sharing life lessons through storytelling. And I just have to say congratulations, Holly. That is truly amazing and very well deserved. Oh, thank you. That was great. <laughs> I was so I was so excited to get those awards. It just meant a lot to me. And one of the most wonderful things that happened to me with this particular book, A Time to Be Brave, was that one of the young readers wrote a review and it was posted on your webpage and it was a wonderful review and I was so excited because that's my audience. I'm writing for, you know, young teens, uh like I said middle grade kids. And to hear somebody write such a wonderful review at that age, it, it was just great. It was mm -hmm. very fulfilling, and I was really excited to hear that from the readers. So it was very nice. Yes, that was Faryal, our reviewer. Um, I wanted to share one of her quotes, actually. Um, she said, I have never read anything quite like this before, and the book has taught me more about the life and people of the past in a way a textbook could never do. And Coming from a 14-year-old, that's that's pretty high praise. So. See, that just gives me chills. It really does. <laughs> because that's what I set out to do, would be to write books that would impact kids like that. So yeah. that's just terrific. That's awesome. Now, how did you come up with the storyline, the specific storyline for A Time to Be Brave? 
Well, having having been a fifth grade teacher, um, I'm familiar with the curriculum for that grade level and that age group. So what I like to do is to go through the guidelines for the curriculum, what they're going to be studying, and kind mm-hmm. of pick out topics that I think, well, that I'm interested in and that I would like to learn more about. And then I just start doing research, and that's basically how I've come up with the information for all four of my books. Yeah. Um, we studied Orville and Wilbur, Wilbur Wright in fifth grade and mm-hmm. learned a lot about Kitty Hawk and all those kinds of things, but I just felt like I wanted to dig a little deeper because I'm interested in flying, too. My my brother is a pilot, my younger brother is a hot air balloonist, and I've taken flying lessons. So oh, wow. It runs in the family, and it's just something that we're all interested in. So I wanted to try to, to get as much of that as I could into the story. It seems to me that when I'm really interested in a topic or if I'm writing about something that I really enjoy or really love, my story just kind of takes off. It just oh, makes yeah. it more fun for the reader and more fun for me. And I, I love how you incorporated so much of the flying. Um, but it wasn't just about flying. It was about uh, some pretty heavy social issues during that time period. Yeah, this one this one is a little bit more mature. Eyes of the Calusa could probably my first one could probably be for fourth or fifth graders, and the um, A Court of Three Strands also fourth or fifth graders. This last one though, A Time to Be Brave, is a little bit more mature. Um, I figured my audience was getting a little more mature, and we're ready for a few more mm, deep social issues, things that they were going to be studying in class and that they needed to have a better understanding of. So I included things like women's suffrage and the racial issues they might have been experiencing in Montgomery, Alabama at the time and things like that. So I wanted to kind of tie that in and and give them a context of what life was like in 1910. Yeah, and uh, your two main characters, um, they seem to be unlikely friends, I guess, during that era. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I wanted it to be that way because I I, I wanted them to be able to kind of bounce things off of each other, and they both came at the situation with different points of view, and, and I yeah. thought that was kind of important. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I understand your granddaughter's name, Macy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the reasons that she ended up with, you know, the character ended up being called Macy. Um, my grandmother was Mabel, so that's where I got the Mabel part, and then I just mm-hmm. kind of threw in Cecilia because I could combine them and make the name Macy. Yeah, um, she's only she's going to turn eight next week, so she's a little too young for this story just yet. But she she knows that the book has her name in it, and it's in her school library, so she's very excited about it. And we get to put stickers on it too. I haven't put a sticker on that one yet, so she's going to yeah. like doing that for it to be in her school. Yeah, I was I was going to ask if she, how she felt about having a character named after her. So she has something to look forward to. <laughs> she, thinks, she thinks it's pretty neat. She's just now starting to catch on to the idea that I write books. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it her whole life, so she doesn't understand that it's it's kind of a neat thing and how much fun it is. So she's beginning to you know get across. Oh, my nana is an author, and she's starting yeah. to think that's kind of a neat thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is neat. So talking about writing, what is the hardest part about writing a book, in your opinion? The hardest part? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I love doing the research because I love learning new things. Like, for example, I didn't know that Orville Wright played the mandolin. And I just thought that was really interesting. Um, I didn't know about Abraham Lincoln and that he uh, not only had a terrific sense of humor, but he was also very superstitious. So I'm getting to learn all these things about famous people. And I love doing that part. The mm-hmm. hard part is when you're actually putting the words on the paper. It's just really tough because you get stuck. And, yeah. 
you know, so once I get the first draft done, that's really good for me. I'm really, I'm usually pretty happy to have that step behind me. After that, and I'm, when I'm doing the rewriting, that little, comes a little more natural. But the editing, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness, the editing is really tough. That's mm-hmm. a hard thing to do. So I like to be able to turn my editing over to, after I've gone through it a couple times myself, but to turn my editing over to a professional editor to look at it and make their corrections. Mm-hmm. Have a new set of eyes, yeah. Yes, um, having a new set of eyes. And that's one thing that I always try to tell kids when I'm doing a workshop for them is that I know it hurts to see those red marks on your paper when your teacher's correcting you or one of the other students are trying to, you know, give you suggestions. But it's the most important thing you can do because editing truly makes your work so much better. It, absolutely. There's a lot of books out there with a lot of errors, and it, it's very distracting. Oh, so. extremely. I explain it to the students this way. I tell them that, you know, if you're, if my book is not edited well, and you pick it up off the shelf, and you start to read, and you see all these mistakes, and the story doesn't make any sense, you're just going to take my book, put it back on the shelf, and you're going to go pick up a Captain Underpants book or something <laughs> exactly. like that. Inside Scoop Live is a global internet-based broadcast specialized in interviewing published authors about their current books and their areas of expertise. Join us and hear both well-known and upcoming writers talking candidly about their life, experience, as well as the business of being an author in today's literary world. Always interesting and current, we strive to bring our audience high-quality discussions that spotlight a vast diversity of authors in the field today. Our interviews are available 24-7 through direct podcasts, as well as MP3 download from your computer for your convenience. Please visit us at InsideScoopLive.com. Welcome back to Inside Scoop Live. I'm talking with Holly Mulder, author of A Time to Be Brave. Stay tuned because we're going to continue the conversation with Holly about her favorite authors and books, the decision to write historical novels, and the hardest thing about writing a book, and so much more. In the meantime, you can check out A Time to Be Brave and Holly's other books by visiting her website at www.whitepelicanpress.com. That's www.whitepelicanpress.com. Because I'm writing for, you know, young people, I want it to be done well, and I want it to be correct. Yeah. And that's that's hard to do. Oh, yeah. It just takes a particular talent, I think. And I hear a lot of different um, processes, you know. Uh, some people yes. write an outline, and some people just journal every day and just put all their thoughts together. And I, I I'm know. more of a... Uh, kind of a right by the seat of my pants sort of writer. Oh. I don't really, I don't really outline. I get some ideas in my head, and I, I make a notebook. I have pictures. I go on the internet and I look for pictures of what I think my characters would look like, and I look mm-hmm. for places that where my action can take place. Like I have pictures of homes in Montgomery, Alabama, where I think Macy would have lived and mm-hmm. what the airfield would have looked like. And so I write from those pictures and from those ideas. And mm-hmm. that helps me a lot as I go along. And, you know, I, I try to get fresh ideas. If I get stuck, one thing I do for writer's block, if I get stuck, I always go back to my research or I try researching in a different angle. And usually that will lead me down a new path. Yeah. 
So we know what kind of writer you are, but what kind of reader are you? Do you read for entertainment, to learn oh, something new? Uh, oh, what a good question. Yeah. I'm a pretty much a fiction kind of reader. I don't read a lot of nonfiction. I just I love stories. So I read a lot of um, all kinds of fiction, from chiclet to historical fiction, <laughs> classics. One of my favorite stories is Hatchet by Gary Paulson. And I have found that that's a real gateway book, especially for boys who think they don't like reading. Oh, if I okay. can get them hooked on a book like Hatchet or another book by Gary Paulson, uh, the Francis Tuckett series, it just draws them right in. And they mm-hmm. love those stories. And that's one way I could, I'd love to get boys interested in reading. Mm-hmm. Now, I use a lot of uh, strong girl characters in my stories because, unfortunately, a lot of the, the reading, a lot of the literature that's out there right now kind of points towards boys mm-hmm. so in because I have a seven-year-old granddaughter and I want her to read like crazy I write my books with a strong female character but I also have her surrounded by boys you know to help her yeah. with her adventure or solve the mystery so I like to have both boys and girls very strong yeah. characters in my stories yeah so in this age of the internet how do you spend reading time with your granddaughter or how do you stress the importance of reading do you feel that kids have a different take on books because of audiobooks yes i really I mean, they really do yeah they're reading on you know they're reading on the computer they're reading on kindle yeah, just like you said there is everything's electronic so yes i think they do have a different take on it i'm kind of old fashioned in, in that i still like to hold the book with my granddaughter or hold the book myself and and read it but you know I'm becoming a dinosaur too. So, well, but I, I do I'm have the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I do have a Kindle and I do have it loaded. But my favorite is still to hold a book and read it, especially with Macy. So we can talk about the pictures together and the words and the you know the dialogue and things like that. Yeah, you can't can't really do that on the. You can, on the no, Kindle. you can't do I mean, as much with a Kindle. Mm-hmm, it's, it's not true. the same. You know, just cracking open it, a no. book. I love the smell of books and the you know the feel mm-hmm. and all that. So exactly, and the <laughs> colors and yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, you so, can't do Chris. You can't do Kristen Allsberg, The Polar Express, on Kindle like you can holding it in your lap. No, it's just not the same. Absolutely. Yeah. So you talked a little bit earlier about uh, workshops. You give workshops for children and you visit schools yeah. still. So you're you're out of teaching, but you're you're not out of the classroom. Right? Exactly. I what have do you the best focus of both on? worlds. Yeah. Well, when I go to a school, it's generally a school that's already read at least one of my books. And I have a presentation that goes with Eyes of the Calusa. I have a presentation for the students where I talk about A Court of Three Strands. I have one for Crystal City Lights. And then I have one for A Time to Be Brave. And I take memorabilia from each from each time period, depending on which book I'm talking about. So for Eyes of the Calusa back in the 1700s, I have an atlatl, which is an ancient uh, Native American weapon. And I show the children the atlatl, and we talk about that. For Crystal City Lights, um, I'm talking about living in an internment camp in the United States and how people could only take one small suitcase when they went to live in this camp. And so I have four different suitcases, one for each one of my main characters, and I include items that would have been important for those characters. And that's how I talk about my book. So that's what I do. And I also do writing workshops. Mm -hmm. Uh, After or before my main presentation, I'll do a small group writing workshop of maybe 20 to 24 students, and that's always a lot of fun. I think that's awesome. So like I said, I get to be in both worlds. I get to sit there with the students and talk about books and history, my favorite things, and we talk about writing and the writing process. So it's just a great experience. Yeah. 
and then you get to go home. <laughs> exactly. I don't have to grade any papers. Exactly. I can go home or go out to lunch. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> well, do you have another book in the works, or what, what's next? I do. I'm writing one right now on uh, World War One, and I have found in my little bit of research that there aren't a lot of young adult books concerning World War One. Oh, so um, it's an interesting time period in, you know, 1915, 1916. Um, I have found that there were a group of young women, late teens, early 20s, who spoke both English and French, and they were called the Hello Girls. Oh. And their job was to be on the front lines during World War One, and they kept communications open between the French officers and the American officers. So they actually translated on the front lines. Oh, my Amazing. God. It's an amazing story. Yeah, so I can't wait to get into this one. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be exciting. I can't wait to check it yeah. out. Yeah, um, I know. I'm excited about it, too. Because I don't think your books are just for teens. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found that my mom, who's 87, her friends seem to like my books a lot. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it has to do with the topics. Yeah, history is history. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's exciting for all ages, right? Yeah, yes. So, we're actually going to wrap up in just a minute. We're we're about out of time, but I wanted to ask you if there's anything else you'd like to add before we go. And then I have one final question that I always ask at the end of every interview. So um, well, let's go ahead and hit me with the final question. Okay. Uh, what advice would you give aspiring authors? Oh, that one I I get asked that one a lot, and my <laughs> advice is well, it's true because uh, my advice is to. Write, 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 write all the time. Write every day. And my other suggestion is to read every day. Read mm. lots of different authors. Find ones that you really like and try to model some of your writing after the way they write. See if you can do that. But just, I think it's really important both to read and write a lot if that's what you're interested in doing with your life. Yeah, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Well, Holly, I have so enjoyed talking to you today. I thank you. It was truly a pleasure, and I thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Sherry. This was great. I had a great time. Thanks very much. To our listeners, thank you for joining us today at Inside Scoop Live for our interview with Holly Mulder, author of A Time to Be Brave. You can find more information on Holly and her books at her website, www.whitepelicanpress.com. That's www.whitepelicanpress.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews at www.insidescooplive.com. <laughs>